or the other, the opposite. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You could see like there were some guys and some, like they could climb insanely well, like super, super good. Mm-hmm. But then you get to a descent and they're losing like 15, 20 seconds every descent. And then they're just burning up their legs, trying to chase back onto the front. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in, uh, in France, I ran slicks because I, I felt pretty, like I rode the course the day before and I was like, I felt pretty comfortable that I could still ride fast enough on slicks, even through the technical bits yeah. that I wasn't going to get dropped from that front group. Yeah. But I think maybe if you weren't so confident technically, you kind of run a bit more like an aggressive tire, um, mm-hmm. just so you had a bit more grip. Because there was one descent in France that was super, super sketchy. Like even on a normal <laughs> tire, like really? I was risking it a lot running a slick there, down there. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it was more, you need a mountain bike for that. It was super rocky, super steep um, and really deep, deep rocky gravel. So you really, yeah, there was just no grip. G'day legends and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast presented by Zwift. Episode 10, excuse me for being a little bit late to this one. Just got back from Melbourne, from Beechworth uh, at the Gravelista where I was uh, commentating, doing a bit of MC stuff and some live racing uh, coverage, which was really cool. And, um, you know, shout out to everyone that uh, that I met uh, at the race and, and uh, who listened to the pod and who was racing uh, it was really cool to meet everyone, and um, yeah, it was an awesome event. I mean, uh, a world-class uh, racing course, that's for sure, down in Beechworth. So if you haven't been to Beechworth uh, outside of Melbourne uh, in Australia, please, it is the destination. Go to Beechworth for a couple of days, and then head to Bright with your road bike um, and uh, shred it up. So it was super, super cool. But um, hey, today's guest, uh, Adam Blazovich, friend of the podcast, absolute legend, uh, Adam, if you're not sure who he is, Adam won the very first Australian World Series qualifier and then went straight across to Europe to then race all the major um, qualifiers over there, trying to basically win and, and and score as much as he can before the World Championships in October. Now, I really think this is interesting because outside of professionals who have already made it and already gone to the World Tour, Adam is the only one doing this. Um and what's really special is that Adam actually is uh, severely underrated. He is world-class, uh, and especially on this gravel scene, there is something about him. Um, and he's riding this gravel uh, sort of, I guess, this new gravel discipline uh, in terms of the elite category. He's riding the wave. And I tell you what, everyone, make no mistake, Adam will be and is currently one of the best gravel racers in the world. Um, and I think we'll see that. Uh, as we see the world champs and as we go into next year when the series grows even more. But anyway, Legends, we've got a couple of weeks until the world championships and uh, I guess if you're living in Europe, winter's, a, winter's coming, okay? So Zwift is rolling out their new season of Zwift, um, which really, I mean, for Australia, we've had our winter, right? We're about to go into the best riding ever, but you still need to tune up your fitness. So Zwift Academy starts in, I think, next week on the 12th. So um, yeah, get, get stuck into Zwift Academy. It's a really good way to sort of fast track your fitness if you do the workouts. Um, I had Roan a couple of weeks ago. I've been on this trip. I haven't been able to ride as much. I think I've ridden like once in the last four days, which is probably the first time ever for me. So I've got to tune in and just kind of dial in the fitness before Worlds unless, you know, because I don't want to get shelled by everyone on the groupie, um, which speaking of group rides, check out Attacker's website, the official uh, apparel partner of the podcast. Attacker are doing a really cool schedule of events at World Championships. So um, you can 
uh, get their Attacker World Series jersey using the CR-the-press-room, all capitals, discount code. And thanks to everyone who's been using that. It's been really cool. People have been messaging me saying they got the Attacker World Series sort of race VIP kit. Um, so, yeah, use the, use the um, discount code, get stuck in. And, um, yeah, it's going to be wicked. A couple of days, well, a couple of weeks until the World Championships. And, gee, is this pod going to go off? Um, but anyway, today's guest, Adam Blazevich, was the very first live podcast I've ever done. Had some really cool equipment, so I hope you enjoyed the audio. It was the first time using it, setting it up, but I think just listening back as I was editing, I think it sounds really crisp and clear, and that is the audio setup I'm going to be using uh, at the World Championships. But anyway, legends, I really hope you enjoy this episode with Adam Blazevich. We're going to learn more about him, what it's like racing and chasing that sort of gravel world championship over in Europe. Um, funnily enough, I knew he was going to win the Gravelista. He did win, spoiler. And um, I did actually get a really cool interview with him right after the race. And I gave this guy my phone saying, please, can you just video this, this, this little interview, please, post-race? And awesome interview with Adam, and then um, the guy didn't even push record. I almost melted on the spot. Anyway, legends, it's time to get stuck into episode 10 of season 3 of the Press Room Podcast. Get on the ergo, on the commute, it's time for the potty, and I'll see you real soon. Yeah, about three hours out of Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I've been told many places today, many like suburbs. Everyone's saying this is Albury, Wangaratta. Some Reese Tatnock said this is the Yak is around the corner. I'm like, I don't know where any of this is. But Beechworth is um, this awesome town. We're here for the Gravelista, which is the second Australian um, uh, Gravel World Series event or Gravel World Series qualifier. Is this the last one? Um, Last qualifier? No, I think we've still got, there's one in Italy at the moment. Actually, today it's happening now. Oh, um, and then I think there's one in the Netherlands and then there's Spain as well. So there's still a few left. There's still a few left, yeah. Okay, all right. So while this is the, the last Australian one, there's two. Of course, we had the seven episode with um, Harsey and Theo Yates earlier in the year. But um, yeah, in Beechworth, the first live pod. Um, this is the day before the race. Okay, now Adam, I've talked to a lot of writers today. <laughs> I've talked to a lot of writers and I've had a lot of mixed reviews. I've heard uh, six or seven names being thrown at me. Your name hasn't come up. I was very surprised. You're not sure you're a humble man, but um, you just come back from Italy. So maybe before we talk about the race, why don't you just tell us um, about your season so far with Gravel, where you've been going um, after you won seven at the start of the year? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I guess after seven, I actually um, went over to Europe pretty shortly after. Um, so I went over for the France round, um, which was in Millau. Um, so that was the first first Europe race. I think I flew over the week before that one. Um, we raced in Millau. Um, and then after that, I did Poland. Um, and then there was a bit of a break, so I was doing a bit of Camise racing on the road. Um, and then... We went to Sweden, um, which was two weeks ago, and then Belgium, which was only a week ago. Um, and then I flew back to Australia a day after that race. So I've sort of spent the last three months um, in Europe, yeah, doing those races, doing a bit of road, um, training obviously there. So um, it's been really cool going to all these different rounds. So It is pretty cool. Now, when you went to Europe, were you like, are you self-funding this? Is that how it works? Or do you have some people supporting you? Or 
Um, I'd say mostly, doing. mostly self-funded. Yeah, yeah, like I am lucky I do have some really good partners as well, but mostly like obviously these trips are pretty big. So um, it is, yeah, mostly a lot of support from my family at this point um, wow. doing a lot of this. And I am lucky to have some really good partners as well that do help too. But you obviously need a lot of different um, people to come together to help with a trip like that. So, yes. Wow. Yeah. And uh, what have you got like? When you go over to Europe, um, are you staying? Are you staying in the same place? Like where are you um, staying? So this year, oh, this year I actually based myself in Girona in Belgium because in Belgium I have a family that I stay with. Oh, um, cool. So when I've raced cyclocross there um, a few times, they've helped me so much. So that's sort of like my little base over in Europe. So I normally fly into Belgium. Um, I stay there and I can sort of you know leave a bike there and it's it's really nice going nice. there. And then um, yeah, I was in Girona a fair bit as well. Um, that was sort of a good base for training um just yeah. with all the riding and you know all the other australians there as well so it's definitely the australian mecca it is uh, it Girona, is yeah it? yeah that's awesome uh, it makes it i'm sure it makes a huge difference having um family in belgium just having that base right yeah well it's like i was just really lucky the connection it's sort of yeah my first cyclocross season like they helped me out over there and mm. then you know just getting to know them more and then yeah it's been awesome so now it's sort of like a second little family over yeah. in europe so it's yeah it's really lucky to have that so well Adam, one of the run, one reasons why where we met everyone who's listening, obviously I met Adam at seven when he won the race, and, and of course we had a lot of hitters in WA, and of course Nathan Haas was there, and I hadn't heard of Adam before, um, I hadn't heard of you before, and when you the way you won this race, um, and of course we made the video afterwards, which you can see on on YouTube, uh, sort of how that race sort of transpired, but um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting following your story in this last three months of you racing a lot of the gravel races in Europe, which I don't really think there's anyone else from Australia doing that. So uh, can you tell us about like, you know, is, is it your goal to sort of try and race all of the major ones and then obviously going for Worlds in Italy? Um, yeah, like I just wanted to like, I've raced um, like in Europe previously doing cyclocross and I know just like going over to Europe and racing, obviously like the level's a lot higher at those races. So for me, it's just like a really good way to keep learning and developing. And, you know, you're racing on different courses, you're racing against a lot of different types of riders. Um, but yeah, the aim was to do, I guess this is such a new series. So we yeah. weren't really sure how it was actually playing out, whether it was going to be, you know, a bit of an overall or yeah. what was sort of going on. Is um, it an overall? Well, I don't think, not technically, no, no, we thought there was going to be, but I don't think there is. Um, so that was sort of the aim was to try and do as many of these rounds as possible and then finish up with Worlds um, in Italy later this year. Yeah. Um, so that was always, yeah, the goal. I, so it came up pretty late. This, um, the series was announced pretty late um, it was, wasn't it? this year. So I think to put something like that together was sort of pretty last minute in terms of like planning and logistics. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And so have you raced all, like, I guess the ones you've raced uh, so far, how many qualifiers have you raced now? Um, this will be my sixth qualifier wow. in Beechworth. I wonder if anyone's done more than you. I don't, think so at this stage because you've done two hours yeah so I'll... i think by the time the other european rounds have been run i think there'll oh, be guys yeah. that'll probably be sim like maybe you've done the same amount yeah, as me but yeah well which of the rounds was the most difficult for you or say actually maybe that's the wrong question which round i guess was the um uh, like which round was the the hardest race the hardest race ah oh, they've all been like so different i think mm. like obviously like Physically, like Perth was, like none up. That was a pretty hard yeah. race. Just the way the way it was raced, mm. um, like the type of effort I had to do, 
for four and a half hours to do <laughs> on that road yeah. on my own. Um, but then obviously like two weeks later going to France and that course was a lot different. So it actually started in the town in Millau and then it's sort of like in a bit of a valley. So you've got to climb out um, to get to a bit of a plateau. So the start of the race is up about a 20 minute climb. Oh, it was about seven, 8% average. Um, and yeah, like I, I went pretty full gas from the start of that one. <laughs> it made it made it hard, but um, yeah, that was probably one of the hardest ones. Because I think probably after about twenty or twenty five kilometers, it was just myself, Piotr Havik, and then Nikki Chirpstra oh, at the front. Yeah. So then it was three of us for the next nearly a hundred and ten kilometers, chopping off really through all the gravel. But you're just rolling turns. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. What, what is it like when you look over and see Nikki Terpstra, who, like, if you know, don't know who Nikki Terpstra is, I mean, most people who follow pro cycling would know one Paris Bay classic beast. But when you look at him and you're in him with the other bloke as well. Yeah, because even Piotta, like, he's uh, he's raced a lot on the road as well, really? like, in classics races. He was, like, oh. pro contive, like, I think, beat cycling as well. So he's really experienced as well. So right. um, that's sort of what I found out, like, when I started doing these, like, these guys might be wearing like more plain kit because they're not in like trade team yep. kits, but a lot of them are all hitters yeah, and got yeah. some pretty serious backgrounds. The beat cycling is, that's like a, is it Belgian sort of cycling I team think it's Dutch? Dutch. Dutch, yeah. Dutch, pretty yeah. hardcore. I've known yeah. Some, yeah. some pretty hard, like hard cyclists. And, and there's actually a story that I've heard on another podcast about Nicky Terpstrode. He used to run this training ride when he was riding at Quickstep in Belgium, I think. And uh, it's this hard chop off where like, if you get dropped, these are with professionals. You get dropped, see you later. No one cares. And I think it was a notorious ride for being not very friendly um, and, and pretty hardcore. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So being out there with Nicky now, did that? Did you get a, a punny in that race? Um, I did. Yeah, I did late in the race. But I'd sort of, a little bit of a selection had already been made. So that course, it was actually like about half road. So I made the choice to run slick tires. And I think maybe about 50K from the end, there was this really steep, like technical climb and I was on slicks and I took slightly the wrong line behind Terrestre because there's dust everywhere and I couldn't right. see. Um, and then I made a little mistake, had to run, lost contact with the front two. Uh, so then I was solo, um, but I actually rode back past Piotta um, oh. and wasn't that far behind Terrestre. And then I, I front flatted um, oh. about, I think it might've been about 20 Ks from the finish from memory. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's just part of the gravel. Like everyone's yeah. having mechanicals, everyone's having flats. Mm -hmm. It's just like, how can you sort of minimize the time loss and still mm. get a result with mm. those uh, issues? There's like a, um, there's a real like risk versus reward. There with, is. With, with selection of equipment, eh? There and is. Tires and stuff. Yeah, right? I knew I was taking a big risk yep. doing that, but I knew I had to just with the type of riders that were there. Because mm. um, obviously Terps had a teammate. There was like, I think we had Nick Roach there. There was like oh, a, yeah. yeah, like there was a, there was a few, there was a few really fast guys. And obviously being my first European round, like, you know, I didn't know, who was going to be there, how fast these guys were yeah. going to be. So up this 20-minute climb, I literally just hit it from the bottom um, <laughs> just to see like... And how, how, how much damage did you do? How many people um, left at the top? So I had actually... I had one guy from the UK come with me um, and I think we might have had about a minute over the top of this climb. Mm. And then the next gravel sector, like I just sort of regrouped, um, just ate, just... I knew they were going to come back. I knew I wasn't going to ride away solo this one. Um, and then I could see like... Chef Strategy's teammate on the front, they were drilling on the what? gravel, single file. There's probably maybe like 10 guys left at that point. And then I was just waiting because I knew when they caught us, they were probably going to attack. And Chef mm. pretty much as soon as he got to us, he attacked. Um, so yeah, I went with him, um, but then I actually dropped my chain. So oh. um, I went back past the chasing group 
And then I had to sort of chase back to that chasing group, but then no one want to ride with me. So really, I, yeah. What because of they would seen what you'd done on the first climb? Is yeah, that... I think a lot of them were like French riders as oh, well, yeah. um, and they didn't really want to roll turns. So I actually had to ride off the front of that group. I just there was this crosswind section. I just rode them out of the wheel and huh. rode back to Terpstra. Wow. Um, and they, then yeah, they didn't want to ride. No. What? No. I think you'd be. Is it from an Australian point of view? I. What is it like racing against Europeans? Is there like a? Is there anything like a wall put up there at all between the riders? Uh, or? I don't know. I think it's like it's hard in these races because obviously, like they might not know you, so you might not have a lot of respect yeah. at the start from these riders. But maybe once they get to know you a bit more, that's when they're more willing to like you know work with you. Mm, and mm. you know those little gaps early in the race, like okay, we'll cr- we'll close this together. But then you know later in the race, when we we do our thing, oh. um, so yeah. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I know that a lot of Australians that go over, at least trying to make it on the road, um, and they first sort of get their first taste of European racing. Often there is a bit. It's uh, maybe like standoffish, you know. It uh, is a bit like that. Yeah. Would you say it's uh, just from what I've heard from writers that have told me, and I've really spent a lot of time studying this. Is it's almost like, oh, like what are you doing in our races? You know, you Australians, what are you doing here? Um, but I think I don't think that's as much uh, in play. These no, days. it's not as much in the like. I didn't really notice that in the gravel. Like mm. I had like um, it was actually everyone was really friendly in mm. France. Like they were coming up and mm. having a chat to me after seven because nice. um, a few of them had seen that race. So I was oh, really yeah? yeah yeah. So it was really nice just having a chat to a few guys um, yeah. after that. So cool. Um, but yeah, that that was probably that was one of the hardest races I reckon. Wow. Um, that was a, that was a really because it was hot. Um, just a type of course, a lot of climbing, um, and just the way it was raced. Like mm. when it was us three chopping off, when it was crosswinds, like. We were all just putting ourselves like in the gutter. Like there was no little echelons. It was just in the gutter. Like it was, it was hard all day. Nikki in the crosswinds. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's, uh, how long was that one? Um, it was about four and a half hours. Okay. So about 130 Ks. Mm. So. Wow. I actually forgot what my question was, which was what was the hardest race. But uh, the <laughs> thanks for bringing it back. Um, what have you learned from some of the racing in Europe that um, – or has there, has there been anything that's surprised you about that gravel racing in Europe? Um, I don't think so. Like, I think, I, like, I went over expecting it to be, like, hard racing. And obviously, that's what, what we got. So, I think mm. there wasn't really any surprises. Um, mm. It's probably more just, like, learning, like, who the fast guys were and maybe yeah. sort of, like, how some of the racing like works a bit like you got to be a little bit careful with tactics at some of these races because you know you can't just be silly with your power because a lot of these guys are so strong that yep. they'll just take advantage of that and then you're out the back mm. they're off the front and race is over so oh. what, what about the equipment is, is does everyone seem to be running the same equipment or are they doing something different over there or? um i reckon everyone's like pretty different because it's like gravel so new like even me i was changing my setup quite a lot huh. over that different chain rings i was like running like a normal Duracer rail, then I went to running like a GRX with a clutch and yep. tires and all sorts of stuff. So mm. it's definitely there's so much to discover, isn't it? There and is, I, and I guess it changes with every course. Like we were talking about the course today, the Gravelista, which is 115 k's, and it, I mean the GPX file says 1700 meters. I don't know. I think it, I drove it yesterday and I rode it today. I think it's closer to two and a half, but um, yep. getting the yeah, getting the the tire choice right um, based on what the terrain's like, um, yeah, it's a it's a big difference as well. 
But uh, what else we got here? Oh, okay, yes, yeah, sweet. So tell me about some of the Kermises. I was really, when I saw on your Instagram, you said you had a little racing block with some Kermises. I was yeah. very interested to see how you were going to go um, with those. So what was it like when you went from racing some of the gravel and you had a bit of a block racing the uh, the road? The Kermises were fun. Like I think it was, uh, I haven't actually done any before when I've raced in Belgium. So this is my mm. first time racing. I think the first one I did this trip, I like, it was, uh, it was, pouring rain um so that was fun uh never done one of these before um, Classic, yeah so it was just like pouring rain and it was like the fair it was just hectic the start of the race was crazy like everyone's was just like it started like a cyclocross race oh, like shit. it was just full gas like these guys were clipping and like next time doing like a thousand watts trying to like <laughs> get back on the bunch like yeah. and then the first 40ks was like just trying to like stay safe just yeah. you know not miss any main moves and then i think the last 50k of that race was like crazy it was just like split into pieces like yeah. i was always sort of in the front splits and then i think maybe like 30k to go i looked around there's just like maybe like 30 guys left wow. in the race but we had quite a big bunch to start so um yeah they, they were really fun but it's just a lot of learning like positioning and tactics mm. and there's a lot of guys that are super strong there so well, I uh, yeah I, uh, physical as well F yeah physically like these are like pretty big guys especially yeah. in the crosswinds and stuff like oh, yeah. just like sitting down just like trying to hold on like when they're going <laughs> like it's crazy like you're just going full gas on the wheel they're like, built on that stuff aren't they, they like are. big units um you know never let anyone tell you being light is good for cycling because it ain't <laughs> no <laughs> it's all no, about no, no. more power yeah just about yeah. everywhere you go but uh the kermises are usually like what like 170k or something like that uh, I was doing the 1.12, so not pro Camises. So they were a little bit shorter, like around 120Ks, I think mm. they were. So and, and are they all like just circuits? That are... Yeah, they're normally just circuits. So maybe like uh, 10Ks or around that. And most of them are flat. I did one that was actually hilly. Yeah, that was a really that was a really hard one. Yeah, that that was a fun one. Yeah. Um, but that was really hard because it's super narrow roads all day. Um, so positioning was key. Like, um, just had to stay at the front pretty much. Otherwise, it was just mm. a super super hard day. Mm. So, and were you happy with how you performed in those races? Like, how many races did you do? Um, I reckon I might have done maybe about ten. You can squeeze them in, eh? Yeah, I was doing quite a few yeah. in a week. So yeah. Well, uh, say like uh, when you're doing, say you do three during a week. Like, yeah. In between those days, are you like are you riding much in between? Are you just doing easy rides? Uh, I'm or? training pretty easy, just like a couple hours easy in between. Like, yeah. there's really no need to add like extra load mm. in, like, because the races are already like pretty hard, full noise. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, they're already really hard, so you don't need to just like add more fatigue in. Um, for, and I'd already done like quite a big block before I'd already like come to Europe, so I think just freshening up and having a bit more like intensity in was good good for me so okay and uh that's what i meant to ask before is were you happy with how you went in those races what you uh, expected or yeah like i wasn't expecting to come out and you know like try win those races or, or like get results i was just trying to learn and you know like i just wanted to try and be sort of at the front yeah. in the mix and i was for most of them um it's just really hard to try and convert to <laughs> that's the thing it's it, like one thing to be at the front but then to actually you know, try and make that move that maybe wins a race or gets you like a good level, result. Right? It's another thing. And it was just like learning that. So I think, mm. you know, it probably just needs more time and me to learn more um, mm. about that type of racing. Mm. Even winning by a couple of seconds in a break or something like that. Yeah. That is a huge jump, you know, from third to first. It, it is. Yeah. 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 Mm. Oh, it's so good. I wish I could just be over there uh, flying a wall. Um, oh, okay. So what about this? Um, you know, the gravel 
World Series, uh, you know, chasing that World Championships, it's only to get bigger and bigger. It's clear as day how big this scene is getting, how much it's going to grow, and the room's got to grow. But when you're training, um, maybe you don't have any races coming up, how do you train for the gravel races? Is it like, you know, take us through like, you know, sort of hours that you sort of might work on during the week or how your workouts are structured? How does that work? Um, it really depends on like the type of, like, like block I'm in. So I think my, my training for the gravel has been pretty similar to what I was doing for the road. Um, so like the end of last year, I was training pretty hard for like road nationals and that summer block of like NRS racing. And then, um, I had a pretty big crash at TDU. And then after that, I had to have a pretty, like a fair bit of time, just not really doing maybe it's limited to maybe like 16 hours just cause I had a bit of a knee issue that was like, we were trying to sort of manage it, but I could still ride. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, like obviously you do pretty big volume from the road. Mm. Um, and then I've ridden off road for like a long time. You've had your big cyclocross background. Is that where you Yeah, I've or? been racing off road since I was like uh, nine and wow. I'm like 23 now. So yeah. um, I think a lot of my training is on the road, but I still do like gravel rides um, here and there during the week yeah. as well. But obviously like the, the total hours is not, not crazy in these race in these race blocks. Like I might have done. I think I did one thirty hour week um, in Absolutely. in Girona, yeah. um, in between the gravel, and I was up in Andorra for a bit as well. So yeah, um, doing some bigger days there. Okay, and so do you, do you think you need to train differently at all for gravel cycling versus road? Um, it's tricky. I think it like combines a bit of like road and mountain bike. Sort of like the more like shorter like sharper like having those more anaerobic efforts definitely yeah. help yeah. on the gravel compared to just being able to like ride tempo all day mm-hmm. um so i think it's definitely trying to combine the two a little bit um mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's still like the courses it's just so new that like just trying to work out the best type of training it's obviously going to be changing yeah. all the time yeah. so it'll be like road where you know there's just going to be horses of courses you know some courses will suit you yeah, uh, yeah, and how you are, and then some won't. I guess there'd be some uh, like I guess the technical component is super important with gravel cycling as well, right? It is, it is. You'd be in some gravel races, or next minute you've got a section in there where you really need a mountain bike, right? Yeah, and, and having the 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 skills um, make a big difference. So like when you race some of the races over in Europe, did you notice a difference and? in the rider's technical ability you could just see riders like, yeah oh, geez that guy's not going that fast down here or the other the opposite oh definitely yeah you could see like there were some guys and some like they could climb insanely well like super super good mm-hmm. but then you get to a descent and they're losing like 15 20 seconds every descent and yeah. then they're just burning up their legs trying to chase back onto the front mm-hmm. um and even in uh in france i ran slicks because i i felt pretty like i rode the course the day before and i was like i felt pretty comfortable that i could still ride fast enough on slicks even through the technical bits yeah. that i wasn't going to get dropped from that front group yeah. but i think maybe if you weren't so confident technically you kind of run a bit more like an aggressive tire um mm. just so you had a bit more grip because there was one descent in france it was super super sketchy like even on a normal <laughs> tire like really i was risking it a lot running a slick there down there like yeah, yeah. Um, it was more you need a mountain bike for that it was super rocky super steep um, and really deep deep rocky gravel so you really yeah there's just no grip g'day legends i hope you're enjoying the podcast so far with adam uh what an absolute legend and make no mistake he is one of the world's best gravel racers and um, we're going to see it in the next few years um at worlds in in october uh october 8th actually which is my birthday remember that everyone 
Um, but hey, yeah, Attackers uh, World sort of schedule is out, so check out their website, their Instagram. You can see what sort of kit uh, that they're releasing, the VIP pack. I think it's this really cool jersey, the bucket hat. Love a bucket hat um, and the musette as well. And check out on the Thursday of the World's uh, Week, they're doing a supported ride from Sydney to Wollongong um, using their new sort of car, team car sponsor, which is really cool. So check that out. It's going to be supported all the way to Wollongong. Now, I'm already going to be in Wollongong, but I'm going to catch the train back with Megan and I, my partner, and we'll catch the train back to Sydney and then ride with everyone down to Wollongong because that's the rest day on the Thursday where there's no racing. So it's the perfect day to get in bulk kilometers and then we can all like catch up um, and uh, you know maybe have a few sprints along the way because I'll certainly be lighting it up all right legends back to the episode see you soon after Gravelista you going back to obviously you said he's coming to Perth I mean how good's that Perth's just getting um, filling up the talent pool there but after Perth, are you going back to Europe? Because the World Championships, which you've qualified for probably like five times now. Um, <laughs> when is the World? Uh, the 9th of October, I think. Oh, the day after yeah. my birthday. Remember that. Everyone's listening. 8th of October, just saying. So it's on the 9th. Okay. So have you got more racing after the Gravelista? Um, I'm still, I don't know at this point. Okay. Uh, just depends what's around locally, um, obviously, because yeah. I'd be in Australia. Um, mm. But I'll yeah, I'll fly um, back to Italy the week before Worlds. Um, okay. For that one, so like it'd be good to get a bit of racing in. Um, but I've had a good race block now, so mm. I think the aim is just like have a bit of an easier week after this, and then um, a few good weeks, and then yeah, back over. Mm. Okay. What is a like? How do you run into World Championships? for um, gravel like how do you set up that week leading into the race because this is I mean it's world chance man yeah I don't know I think I just keep it like pretty similar to every other race I do like okay. and what does that look like oh I guess like you sort of you knock off a bit of like the volume but you're still doing some in- it's like similar to I guess any race on the road mountain bike mm-hmm. it's that similar sort of taper week where you know you're still riding a bike you're still doing some hard efforts but you're just not doing the same volume. Mm, low um, volume, still high intensity. Yeah, still high intensity. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, mm. Just try to keep like a similar routine of like, you know, mm. what you're doing and, and everything like eating, or, like all the stuff, just keep it the same, like nothing new. Mm. Um, just because it is a bigger race. Like it's just like any other race of the year, except there's just a lot more yes. at stake if you do go well. Okay. So Keep it the same. And I guess you've probably got that pretty dialed in now because you've had so many proper race like days i guess yeah yeah like i've got a really good routine now and i guess like i've been lucky i've been racing for a really long time i've done two world cup seasons like Mm. cyclocross in europe so i've had like experience doing some of those races too so that's obviously helped a lot um racing here um Mm. just because like yeah i guess like coming to these european races from australia it's like oh it's like it's a lot bigger and Mm. you got the bigger names there so i think it's just helped like with the whole yeah the whole thing Mm, okay uh what about your bike setup? like how do you usually prepare your bike for the for for a race are you um like obviously it's nice and clean all that sort of stuff but you do like i don't know chain waxing i don't know Oh yeah, I probably do like a full strip and rebuild. I'm pretty dialed with my like my bike yep. setup and and what I like to do. So I actually like after Belgium, I fully stripped and rebuild 
my bike before Doing I came back here. Yeah, so like everything comes off, every, like all the bearings get wow. redone, everything gets cleaned. Um, but yeah, the bike's pretty pretty dialed. It's mm. got yeah like ceramic bearing, like jockey wheels, BB. Um, I don't do a wax chain. I just sort of use um, mm. like a wax based. Um, Lube uh-huh. on there, so yes, yeah, I've um, got that too. Good to know that I'm yeah. on the uh, I'm on the right <laughs> yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, so your yeah. bike, by the way, Adam rides. Uh, now you supported by Giant. I am, yes, sweet. Yeah. Of course, you ride for the Giant Shimano team, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, ride. Yeah, uh, and you're on the TCX, which that's also what I have. Great bike. Funnily enough, the way the TCX was, well, it just seems to me that it was pivoted away from being the cyclocross bike. Because remember, mm. it was like yeah, the TCX. Then you had the Revolt. Yes, yeah. And it was when the Revolt came out, that was the gravel bike. But the TCX, really, that is the gravel bike because it's uh, more racy, I suppose. Yeah, the geometry is a bit more similar to, say, like that of a TCR. So um, more of that road geometry. So a lot more Mm. aggressive in terms of your position. So, Mm. you know, longer, lower, um, Mm -hmm. which is obviously like what you want for the gravel. Um, You want sort of, you know, a nice aero position, but obviously still have... I guess the handling is really important too, but that's because it's a cyclocross bike. Yeah. It already handles really well mm. off-road. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a great bike. I love my TCX. It's um, it's always good when you can go fast on the off-road stuff, you know. That's what I, I like about off-road. It's, I want to at least look like I'm going fast. But the TCX, great, uh, great rig. We've seen heaps of different bikes out there um, today as well. So lots of, lots of treks, lots of canyons, that sort of stuff as well. But, um, yeah, awesome bikes. Uh, oh, one thing I also want to think of, it's a good idea to look at Adam's Instagram, Adam Blazovich, and you search that, you'll see Adam. It's really cool because you do a lot of video stuff, which is what I like. you obviously got another passion yeah, there with yeah. your video photography. Yeah. Um, have a look at some of the reels, really nice stuff, um, well put together. But tell us, like, well, tell me more about that, like your interest in video and, and photography. Yeah, like it sort of just came around, oh, like... Maybe like a year or two years ago. Maybe last year I probably got like fully into it. But I've always liked doing that sort of stuff. But then, you know, I think just through like COVID lockdowns and stuff, we didn't really race as much. And, Mm. you know, I just wanted to sort of try to help out the people that were helping me like in more of like, you know, a better way. So I was like try and create some like, you know, different type of content. Um, And then, yeah, like I... I got a, yeah, got a camera and just started, yeah, shooting and and doing the videos and photos and... um, yeah, like really enjoyed it. So just sort of, you know, like keep doing it um, in between all the training and racing mm. and it's it's a lot of fun. Mm. So, Good yeah. hobby to have like in between races, right, and training. Yeah, it's really nice because it's like pretty easy to do. Like you can shoot a video and then you can just be um, editing it over a week or mm. in between all the travel or, yeah, it's, it's really good, so... Mm. Let's see. Well, definitely check it out. There's some cool stuff. I really like the one where maybe you're unbuild you're unbuilding. Oh my god, uh, rebuilding your bike. You took it all. Oh apart. yeah, that, that was, was a- my TCX. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was awesome. You got to look at it. it's real crafty stuff. In fact, you know that's the sort of stuff that businesses really like because um, uh, oh, that's funny. I just saw a funny message. Um, no one can see that. But, uh, yeah, definitely look at that stuff. But um, you had been taking some cool photos of, what was it, some of those, the motorsport? Was yeah. it the 24-hour race? Yeah, it was at, um, yeah, 24 hours of Le Mans and Spa 24 hours as well, yeah. um, which was really cool in, in Europe. I was, yeah, that was a really cool opportunity to be able to go. And, um, you were in the bloody pit thing yeah when they yeah wheels. yeah i was in the pits yeah yeah with the team yeah so that is sick what, what was the team what, um, what was the car was it inception or something yeah inception racing and they're running yeah a porsche um, 911 rsr 
Um, so that's in the World Endurance uh, Championship. Mm. It's pretty cool. Uh, the motorsport stuff is wicked. We were talking earlier on, on Instagram, and I yeah. was actually, I can't remember what I was doing. We were talking about motorsport, and, and Adam was really going into the details on how a lot of the like aerodynamics in motorsport, there's a lot of crossover to cycling as well, right? And, yeah, um, yeah. I felt bad because I was... I was meant to be paying attention to something, but you had really caught my attention with the detail you were going into. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've got to stop what I'm doing because, you know, your, uh, your knowledge of the motorsport stuff was, and the engineering and the aerodynamics was really interesting. So um, you're also studying at uni, is that right? Yeah, I study mechanical engineering. That's so, um, yeah, and I've actually, um, like, I do a bit of work with a, a race team in Melbourne. Um, so one of the TCR Australia um, team so actually doing sort of like engineering work um yeah working on the car and stuff sort of Whoa. get hands-on stuff there and then i actually started doing a bit of photo and video stuff for them this year as well so yeah. there's a whole sort of crossover i guess between everything sort of merged um, which has been really cool and a lot mm. of fun so yeah that's sick what do you like most about uh engineering in motorsport um i think it's more just like i guess it's like motorsports like the top level so everything's just super optimized like i think mm. in engineering um like there's really there's no limits in the motorsport well like you're trying to make something go as fast as it can on track and that's that's exciting that's fun when you can like you know designing parts it's like okay how can we you know shave off time here or we're saving weight here to improve performance like it's uh it's really interesting and it's um i think just the problem solving and um, just the whole aspect, like I really enjoy it. It's um, it's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, it's cool. And the crossover with cycling is is awesome too, isn't it? Like yeah, um, I guess like the aerodynamics and how a lot of the aerodynamics from motorsports seem to be creeping in with cycling now. Um, in a yeah. way, like I, I sort of reference um, like Dan Bingham. Obviously, he's he's yeah. done had had some work working with. I think he was with Mercedes. Maybe it was on a yeah during his um uh, like an internship or that yeah. sort of stuff. And now a lot of what he's learned at they're doing the aer- uh, being an aerodynamicist at f- um, in the Formula One level. He's yeah. bringing over to that TT level, and he's really kind of yeah. Well, he's changed the game. Well, I think these motorsport like these teams, like obviously they're at the top level, so they have like the engineers there, like they're yeah. super super smart. So they yeah. just have all this experience that then they can help out, I guess, with cycling and, uh, and other industries as well. So. Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's super cool. Okay, what else we got on here? I've just got this is amazing. Just I've got this new tech, everyone. So we're using these Rode microphone setups. Katie Bates, thank you for giving me these uh, as a little thing. All oh, right, okay. So this is a question I want to know. Um, back to cycling, Adam. Yeah. After, uh, I guess, would you like to replicate this season again next year? Um, yeah, if I can. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If be, you can. If I can, yeah. It'd be really awesome to be able to get back over to Europe. Um, mm. Maybe even longer if I can and try mm. to do a bit more. Um, mm. Hopefully the gravel just keeps building um, mm-hmm. with, you know, the races and, you know, even there's a lot in the US as well. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. This, um, would you like to touch some of those races? Yeah, I, I would definitely. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot in the US. It's uh, There's some pretty interesting ones there. It'd be really cool to go and um, have a go yeah. at some of those. So. They kind of started it. Like gravel, when it f- maybe... F- Maybe six, seven years ago, like that was when Unbound, yeah, the first yeah. steamboat, they started yeah. the gravel. You yeah, know, it's that's, massive over there. Yeah, yeah, like that's when it was really uh, popping off, and and, and it, Unbound used to be called Dirty Cans Up, and changed that name to I think it's derogatory to Indian Native Americans or something like that. But Unbound is what it's called now. Um, that one seems like the big cheese. That's definitely a big one. That's a that's a crazy day on the bike. Yeah, that that one's yeah. That would just be an experience. That one. It's a long day. I think it's like three hundred kilometers and yeah. just insane. Two hundred miles or something. Yeah, I don't know that's what just that is. crazy. Yeah, miles. Uh, 
there's so much could you could have so much of a roller coaster day you could. in yeah, 200 yeah. miles like you could be having the best day of your life the first 150k yeah, and yeah. you snap your derailleur and then I don't know, you get one off a cow and put it back on with some, I don't know, some twine. Yeah. I don't know. But it seems like when you read the stories from Unbound, yeah. people have just ridden these crazy, like, roller coasters. You know there's one where they do, I think they've got a new one now, where you could do, like, it's the 500 or something. Oh, really? I haven't yeah, seen that. That's you know, insane. You know that guy, um, the, the vegan cyclist, you know, the YouTuber? Yes, yeah. He did it, because he loves doing that crazy oh, wow. shit. But he made a video about it. And you, I think he actually start the night before. Really? And then you ride, and then you basically get to Kansas, where it is, and you get there as they then start oh, the that's main crazy. race. And that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. If you like watching someone go through a dark hole, certainly go to the vegan <laughs> cyclist and watch this guy just go through so many emotions. It seems like he's always just necking himself and, and going to the, into the deep, dark hole, but... Uh, yeah, so the American race would be cool. Um, yeah, I'm sure. Or like that double they have the the Leadville Leadville Steamboat. That'd be that'd be really one. cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, just like obviously mountain bike one day and then gravel the next day. It's like and at altitude too. It's just insane. Oh like, shit! Yeah. yeah. So do you do much training at altitude as well? Like you said you go to Andorra. That's well, Andorra. Hard. That was the first time I went to like Andorra this year, and that's the first time I've been at altitude. So oh. <laughs> that was a bit of it. And it was only a short trip too. We were actually just up there for the mountain bike World Cup. Um, we were just watching and it's just a good, like I was already in a training block. So I was like, perfect. We can just do some training up here. Oh. Um, so for me, it's still, it's a, a lot untested. I don't really know how I go, um, okay. racing okay. it at that. So, um, that's something you need to find out. How um, many days were you there? Uh, I think we we're only there for like five or six days. And then I oh. rode back from okay. Andorra to Girona. Dur- so heard that's a good ride. That's a sick ride. Yeah. yeah, that was like probably one of the best rides I've ever done. Oh, so, yeah. Adore to Gironi. I've yeah. heard someone else doing that. Maybe Durbo was doing that one day. Uh, yeah. Rode back. But did you feel any difference at, when you got to that altitude? Like, did you uh, feel different? I didn't feel different, but I was just being careful. I, I just kept it like pretty chill. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't really, like we're still doing some four or five hour days, but I just, you know, kept it really conservative. Like I wasn't going and doing crazy efforts or anything. Yeah. I was just sort of riding um, up there. So mm. Okay. Okay. Well, the reason why I asked earlier, we got sidetracked with the American racing, but uh, the reason why I asked um, about with replicator because I wanted, uh, are you really keen on sort of just you know sort of I guess pursuing and maybe following the tr- the wave of the gravel and how it's growing, or do you have like an eye on trying to become like a professional on the road? Is that in your radar or? Um. Yeah. Like I definitely, you know, I obviously like had aims to try something on the road, but it's just. Yeah, like it's super hard. Any any cycling to try and like make it like professionally, it's super, super hard. But like I'm really enjoying the gravel yeah. this year, like the type of racing and how it's all gone. So I'm really keen actually just keep keep going with it. Yeah. Um if I can, you know, over the next few years. Like it's yeah. um it's really fun and I like the type of racing and you know, I like just having fun on my bike. So yeah. um, if I can do that, then it's yeah. it's always good. There's, you can so. ride a lot of amazing places on the road and stuff and mountain bike, but it just seems yeah. like gravel allows you to really see where you are, like yeah. where it takes you and no one else is there a lot of these places where you're riding. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's Yeah, it's really cool. Like coming to Beechworth here from WA, um, Beechworth is an amazing place and anyone in Australia that hasn't been, 
I mean, I'm coming back here. I have to. Uh, only 30 minutes from Bright. I've yeah, had, Bright's awesome mate, too. Everyone's been just thrown in my face all day today. Oh, yeah, yeah we went and rode Buffalo. And yeah, yeah. yeah. My, mate, we got like a 20-minute road climb in Perth. And it's, <laughs> like yeah. I was saying earlier yeah. today, our biggest yeah. climbs are in Nana in, 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 on the private property. We can't even ride that. Oh. Um, that's another thing. That that whole course um, is um, private property. I so, didn't realize that. Yeah, we can't go and ride that whenever we want. That's... Um, yeah, they have the lucky the people that own the land. Thank you so much. But still, one of the best courses I've done. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. Harsey said yeah, too. Still, he said best thing ever. That's the best. Yeah, that's the best one for sure. Mm. Yeah. Did you race against Nathan again during the year? Um, yeah, we did in Poland, Sweden. Mm. Um, yeah, so Poland and Sweden. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. He hasn't seemed to have much good luck either. He's had some bad luck too. Yeah, we've we've all had mechanicals <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Just part and parcel. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess that'll be it for this section. Um, so uh, I want to talk about Gravelista a little bit more just quickly. Um, so the Gravelista, second Australian race, um, qualifier for Australia. Uh, a lot of um, – are you good for time, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, good for time. Just yeah. another 10 minutes. Um, oh, no stress. Uh, okay, so the Gravelista, yeah, a lot of people um, I think are unsure about you. To the, uh, at tomorrow's race really peculiar because in my mind I'm like okay Adam you're my favourite okay you're my favourite <laughs> yeah. for this race now just based on what I've seen and it's hard to see some of the results from the other East Coast racing it's yeah. there hasn't really been I don't know not enough coverage yeah it's yeah. been hard to tell who's yeah. doing what and so um, yeah how, how do you think what are you thinking about tomorrow what are you thinking um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. It's been good. Um, it's obviously like, like the, the European races went, they, they went a lot better than what I expected. Like France, I think I was third Poland. I was actually, I probably had a nearly a three minute lead five K to go. And I pretty much had a nearly a race any mechanical. I had to run the last five kilometers and still finish fifth. Um, <laughs> Sweden, I was, uh, I was fighting for third as well, but we unfortunately went the wrong way. So, good um, uh, and then Belgium front group of four and probably one of the best days of the year and unfortunately yeah, not the mechanical but that's just part of this racing but yeah. um i think yeah the form is really good and it's been really yeah. consistent over yeah. the whole season yeah. so and obviously there's been some really good bike riders at all these races too so yeah. um, i'm just looking forward to tomorrow just have some fun and yeah, yeah just enjoy the day mm. well that, all that stuff you just said that's what i'm looking at so when someone who was it maybe it was mr tom tom mono, you know, tom at the beechworth uh, bakery which by the way is there's some hectic uh ensembles in that bakery <laughs> apparently it makes uh turns over 15 million dollars a year that's crazy that one and there's there's more of them i'm told Around, I think they might be. I'm not actually 100 percent. Ah, well, someone told me there's a few Beechworth bakeries. There's Bendigo, but I think there's one everywhere. But this big dog puts out 15 million dollars. There's just pastries galore. So you know, I'm sure heaps of listeners have seen it. Um, But yeah, so all those results. That's what I'm looking at. So uh, are there any names? I don't know if you looked at the list today, but um, you know, these are some of the names that I have been told today from some. Yeah, I haven't actually people. seen a start list, so I don't actually know who's racing, apart from the people I've seen around um, this afternoon. Ah, so, yeah. that's cool. Okay, just feeling out. Well, I've been, uh, so I've had, uh, obviously, Alex Lack is on my radar with yep. um, uh, with Tasman. Yes, yeah, Kervis. both mountain, they've done a lot on the mountain bike. Yes, so. I think they won the Reef to Reef. They did, yeah, they that's did. an epic combination, but Tasman apparently had Corona last week. Oh, no, that's, As yeah. did I, everyone, please shed a tear for me. Um, 
So you never know, right? But a lot of people saying Tasman, Tasman. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I didn't really know. Uh, Kobe Henderson's another one. Uh, obviously, your teammate Reese Tucknot. He's coming back yeah, into he's, shape. He's good here to as well. See. Yeah, yeah, really talked, good. Yeah, I haven't talked to Reese for probably three years. We got to catch up oh, earlier wow. today. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when we saw you today, yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen Reese in well since we since he left when we used to work at the same bike shop. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was good to see him. Um, Oh, off traffic again. Here's another one. Okay, Matt Bird, Tim Cameron, Tom Chester, good with skills, I'm told, and then someone else. So those names, is there anyone out of those names that uh, stands out? I reckon, like, anyone. Like, the, I think the gravel's, like, you don't really know. Like, anyone can be on a really good day. So there's no one rider. Like, anyone can just be on a really good day and just tear the race apart or do something crazy. Like, you just, you just don't know sometimes. So it's really hard to put, like, uh, yeah, one rider and say, yep, they're going to be the one so mm-hmm. okay yeah fair enough and don't forget about the women's race as well i've got courtney sherwell who i talked to at the cafe legend uh justin barrows is another um big favorite and then there's kiwi who raced at the com games her name is samara shepherd oh uh, yes she's I, a, I think she's a mountain biker as yeah, well yeah yeah, yeah. I yeah. Think she raced on the oh uh, yeah she was at the com games so i think she's a big favorite tomorrow so it's gonna be pretty uh pretty cool but um yeah i guess um Adam, it was really cool to catch up. And I think everyone here has been interested in following um, what you're doing over in Europe. It's been pretty cool to follow because, like I said before, no one else is really doing that. I mean, you it's almost like you're the Australian privateer, like of gravel. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of you're following that mould. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was really cool. Like, I just, I guess I like trying to do stuff that's a little bit different. And I saw this and I was like, okay, let's, let's just see how this goes and, um, yeah, Perth was a bit of a test event to see like, okay, mm-hmm. how's this all going to go and then committed to the rest of it. And it's, yeah, it's been awesome and really, really enjoyed it. So well, let's see. Well, thank you very much for coming on the very first live podcast with these brand new yeah. road microphones. It was awesome, mate. Yeah, no worries. Thanks heaps for having me on. It's been super fun. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Alright legends, that's another episode of the Press Room Podcast done and dusted. Thank you so much for listening and to everyone who's out there who's listening to the for, for the first time um, and, and is going back through the catalogs, uh, please leave a review or hit the, the star rating on Spotify if you enjoyed any episode at all. But big shout out to Adam, he is an absolute legend and of course I got him on the day before the race because I knew he was going to win and win easily he did at the Gravelista and uh, yeah, it's really cool to chat with him and you know I'm getting to know him a bit more. Funnily enough, he actually flew back to Perth as well. Um, to see his girlfriend for a couple of weeks but getting to know him more he's actually a very very intelligent man outside of the bike as well so follow him on Instagram uh, and and sort of keep up with his journey um, before he goes to Worlds in October and also he just posts some really cool content um, video content as well about bikes and, and motorsport and that sort of stuff like we talked about earlier in the pod but anyway, legends, looking forward to World Championships. There's not going to be another episode until the World's Week, so I think that starts on the 17th, the 18th. So uh, from then, it's going to be daily podcasts every day at the World's. Now, I've got full media accreditation, which means I'm going to be in the mix zone. I've got opportunities to sort of see the race in a different way and hopefully, will hopefully capture some really nice audio grabs and not only chatting with the professional riders at the elite men's and women's races, but I'm also going 
going to be there getting all the nitty-gritty with a little Australian focus in the under-19 and the under-23 categories. So um, I know you all listen, legends, okay? I know you all do. You're absolute champions. So definitely look out for me in the mix zone. Don't snub me. Don't snub, Jethro. You know, I'm, I'm coming for you. Um, so you can get some really good grabs, have a chat, and it's going to be awesome. So if you're going to Worlds, let me know, and um, I'll see you at some of the attacker activations. I'll also be doing a Zwift activation as well uh, in this really cool space that will be announced soon. I think there's going to be sort of a live Zwift racing, which I'll be commentating, and uh, it's just going to be amazing. But anyway, legends, hope you enjoy the podcast, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks at Wollongong for the World Championships. See ya. See ya.